Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Today, oh, Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler with you, who are who going else? to... Who else? Who else? Would oh, it who be? else could it be? Of course. Um, since there is no other odd couple podcasts that we Still, know right? Of. Right. No has... Or if they, they have, they're copycats. Right. That's true. We came first. Today, we're talking about season two, episode 13, Don't Believe in Rumors, R-O-O. M-E-R-S. It's a bit of a pun. It is. Did you say season two, season three? Season three. Sorry, sorry, season three. Thank you. Right. Season three, episode 13. I wrote down two by accident. Uh, this is not on Paramount Plus, so you either have to watch it on DVD or catch it uh, on linear for wherever it may be running. Do you have some information on our writers? I do, and it's a... It's a, it's a um... Uh, a poignant piece of information because this is a writing team who, whose work we have seen many times, and this is their last Odd Couple episode, is the team of Peggy Elliott and Ed Scarlock, I think I'm pronouncing correctly, um, a man and woman writing team who were not uh, married in real life or any other relationship from what I could tell, but they did team up on a lot of, on five Odd Couple episodes starting in season one. With Flight of the Felix, they did Engrave Trouble in from season one, the one with the engraved watch. They did the uh, What Does a Naked Lady Say to You, also in season one. So a lot of interesting relationship dramas. Speak for Yourself, the proposal, the flashback, Felix proposing to Gloria. And this is their the last episode of The Art Couple they wrote together. So, uh, uh, And this is also a very interesting relationship kind of drama. So... Uh, Salute to Peggy Elliott and Ed Scarlock, who, according to IMDb, are still with us. So we open on a diner with Oscar sitting at one table reading the newspaper and a woman at another table. And there's also a waitress in the scene. And the, it's a pretty good set design. And it feels to me like a real diner. I mean, I thought yeah. I, I was impressed at how they did it. Something genuinely New York looking. And uh, I like how crowded it is. It's very claustrophobic, which it's also probably a very small set on that soundstage. And it's also seems to be a set they haven't used before. It's not right. And we don't, it, we don't see the other people till later. Like there's other, at first you don't, you think it's only Oscar and this woman, but then you right. see other diners yeah. in the diner. Right. Uh, so the waitress asked the woman if she's ready to order yet. She says she's still waiting for her friend while she eats some crackers which are free. Uh, we see now we see other diners. They pull out or move to other vantage points. Uh, and we see a lot of framed items on the wall. Like they really, and, and the New York city diners have that. They're all yeah. covered with framed things. Most did you notice art, anything on the wall? I did. I wasn't, looking. they looked, you know, most New York city diners are framed with autographs of like D level celebrities. Like a right. lot of Eric Estrada, Eric Estrada, like <laughs> ate at every diner in New York. He needs to, maybe he needs some free meals. These know. felt more like prop pieces, but not felt authentic yet in a way. So the woman looks over at Oscar, uh, who has a stained paper napkin tucked into a shirt so I was both impressed that Oscar thought about actually <laughs> putting a napkin in his shirt, but yet, right. of course, it's completely covered in food. 
Uh, and she asks to borrow part of his newspaper. Oscar is eating spaghetti and tells her that she can have all of it because he's finished with it. And then she leans over and she makes this very exaggerated facial expression, <laughs> which he can't see. So it's for right. the camera. Right. Uh, and probably fake because I think in the, by the end of the show, <clears throat> it seems like she's just full of chicanery and I don't mm-hmm. think she really fainted. We never find out. I don't know what you think. That's true. But either way, it's completely unnecessary. It seems very fake. And since he can't see it, I don't know who she's and doing And then she collapses on his shoulder. And she collapses on his shoulder. Uh, and he's uh, very uncomfortable with everything and starts to look around and smiles awkwardly at another woman who's next to at another table. And he says, and they say New York is an unfriendly place. And we go to opening credits. So this woman is played by Marilyn Mason, who's making her second appearance on the show. She played Barbara Arcola in the uh, season one episode. Very similar kind of role. You Yes. Could. This season one episode, episode 14, about the cooking contest where she stole Felix's recipe. By now, seducing Oscar. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so after the credits, uh, Oscar tries to wake her up and he gently slaps her and says, lady. And he summons over the waitress and asks for help. But the waitress says, I'm sorry, this is not my table. And she's annoyed and she walks off. That waitress is played by Joy Harmon, who did a lot of bit parts in the 1960s. So he starts to narrate what he's doing. He says, I'll sit her up and I'll loosen her clothing and I'll get arrested. (laughs) And finally she wakes up and he asks if she is all right. And she says, what happened? And he says, what happened? You fainted, you sick or something. And she says, no, I don't think so. And then Oscar says, hey, are you um, 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 you know? And he moves his hands quickly while he's saying this. And the woman At his says, stomach. Right. The woman <laughs> says, I don't know. And Oscar says, you don't know if you're boom, boom like that? And the woman says, no, I mean, I don't know what boom, 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 boom means. And she he finally says, are you pregnant? I don't know why he couldn't just ask her that at the beginning. <laughs> and she says, no. And she's embarrassed and she does not know what came over her. And she tries to get up, but she feels woozy. Oscar tells her to relax. And she says she was just a little hungry. Oscar says, I know what you mean. The service around here is lousy. And then he shouts, hey, what about the lady's order here? And she shushes him, but he says they expect you to shout. And he gets up and says, hey, the lady's starving. What's the matter with you people? And the woman says, look, I better leave before they kick me out. Oscar says, I'm telling you, they expect me to shout. Now just relax, will you? And the woman says, I've been eating their crackers. Oscar says, that's all right. They're free. And she says, five baskets of them. Oscar says, hey, when's the last time you had any real food? And she says, well, let's see, today's Thursday, so that'd be Wednesday. Oscar says, now don't say another word. I'll take care of it. So he gets up and he walks over to the waitress and says he wants to order some food. She gives him a dirty look and he says, I know I'm not sitting at your table. So he pulls out a chair from another table, sits down at the woman's table. And then the waitress comes over all in a good mood and says, ready to order. Oscar says, now I'm sitting at her table. Yeah, like a plate of spaghetti for, and he says, what did you say your name was? And she says, her name is Lisa, the woman. So Oscar continues to order spaghetti, mashed potatoes and gravy and bring it fast. And uh, she says, lady, you shouldn't come. Oscar says to Lisa, you shouldn't come to New York without any money. She says, oh, I brought money, but somebody stole it right out of my purse. 
Oscar says, where are you staying? She says, the last three nights I've been sleeping on the subway. Oscar says, on the subway, I slept on the subway once. They woke me up in time for the strike. So the waitress finally brings two plates of spaghetti and potatoes and says, your stomach must have some story to tell. And then Lisa starts piling spaghetti into her mouth, clearly famished. Oscar says, listen, you're coming home with me. Lisa says, no, I couldn't. Oscar says, oh, wait, I don't have any funny ideas. I'm just offering you my roommate's room, that's all. Lisa says, does he have any funny ideas? Oscar says, plenty, but he's away for a couple of days. Where's your luggage? Lisa says, right here. And she hands Oscar a claim check ticket. Oscar says, at Harry's pawn shop, while we're there, I'll visit my watch. So she keeps eating very robustly. And he says, go ahead, start without me. And he hands her his plate, which he piles onto hers. He gives her salt. And her, he pushes salt to her. And her reaction to the salt is very weird. She like shakes her head, but then nods up and down at the same time. I feel like the actress didn't know what to do. I felt like Jack Klugman impromptu gave her the salt. Like that was an ad lib. And Marilyn Mason didn't know how to react to that. So uh, she... My feeling was that it's like the character is trying to not seem desperate well it's part of her act the character as we find out later it may be just putting on a whole act here but she's trying to to not appear desperate and, and be modest at the same time really does need to eat and yeah but it's so, just salt oh well I, I guess i'm thinking yeah more what the way she starts wolfing down the spaghetti no, she starts wolfing the food yeah. because i believe she's hungry but then he gives her salt and she, I think this was, a, I don't, I think that was <laughs> yeah, an maybe. ad lib okay. and I think the actress yeah. didn't know how to react. So she's both shaking her head and nodding right. her head. Because Klugman time. is being so generous. Yes. Then he pushes, and it's also being funny. He's pushing the pepper yeah. and the sugar. Oh, right. It's a, whole, to, it's a, it's a physical bit, right? It's right. like sliding everything on. Yeah. The Cause she's eating everything inside. Table, yeah. And then he turns to a table behind him and asks if they have any bread and he gets up to go get some bread and the scene fades out. <laughs> Uh, is the breath so that's yeah he keeps piling more onto her and seeing how hungry she is so yeah the whole scene felt a bit floppy a bit it felt like they didn't work out every single beat a little a little rushed maybe or maybe rushed. they yeah. need to get to the they need to get to the next scene basically. so the next scene we see the exterior shot of the san remo and uh so the the we're about to play a clip but the setup to the clip is that uh the living room is very messy. There's clothing everywhere because Felix is away. Right. So that's kind of the set design of the of the living room when Oscar brings Lisa to her place and we get the clip. Well, it's usually nice, but Felix is out of town. I let things slip a little, you know. Oh, no, I think it looks fine. Thank you. Are you a professional athlete? Me? Are you kidding? Well, you look like you could be one. Oh, thanks. No, I just write about sports. Oh, I love sports. Do you? Yes, I'm always reading the sports section. That's great. Yeah. Um, is your roommate in sports, too? Felix? Mm -hmm. Sports to him is the Betty Crocker Bake Off. <laughs> He's really a very good photographer. He's in Chicago on an assignment. Oh, a photographer and a sports writer. Wow, you both must lead very interesting lives. Uh, we just do our job. 
Oh, listen, Phoenix's room is down the hall. If you need anything, just let me know. I'll be right there. Oh, I couldn't possibly ask you for anything else. You've been wonderful. Well, I was... Gonna... You make me feel so safe. Safe? <laughs> okay, you're safe here, Lisa. Safe, Lisa. Good night. Good night, Oscar. Good old safe Oscar. Oh, uh, which one is Felix's room? The one with the little rug in front of it to wipe your feet on. So before we get to Felix coming home, Oscar said before he doesn't have any funny ideas. Right. But yet he clearly <laughs> has funny ideas because he yeah. approaches her for whatever lewd thing he has in his head at the time. Well, let's I'll give him credit. Maybe he wanted to maybe he uh wanted to take her out for dinner or something uh I, I, or whatever. Uh he's clearly trying to make some move on her at the end there, which is which she forestalls by saying i feel so safe with you i know but uh, our main car our hero is turning out to be not yes. so heroic because he right. said to her i don't have funny ideas which was very plausible he made that very plausible in the diner right he, so he's either good, good samaritan in the diner but now that he's got her home and and uh, the roommate's away <laughs> and uh, it's his bachelor pad again and uh, and the fact that she called, said that he looks like he could be a professional athlete, not a slovenly 50-year-old. <laughs> uh, good flattery on her part. So I think she has won him over. Maybe I think he's getting more attracted to her the longer, the more time they spend. Yeah, but he said he has no funny ideas. Right. Well, it's positive. You know, Oscar has a romantic side to him. Like, you know, I think that comes clear by the end of the episode yeah. that they both have... Well, not to give anything away, but they've kind of fallen for her in a way yes. that is genuine. So the next scene is very visual, so we're not going to play a clip yet. But Felix comes home. He's looking very tired. He's dismayed at how messy the living room is. He goes into his room, which is dark. Lisa is in, his, in the bed, but Felix doesn't notice. Yeah, this is a whole slow sequence with the the slow odd couple theme music yeah and it's all about felix unpacking slowly and getting into bed without noticing her in there are you gonna play are you gonna play any of it like toward the end yes toward the end okay great so it's uh yeah it's impossible to just play but it, it is a long sequence yes but there's um, a good payoff at the end that's what we're gonna play so he right. i mean i think tony randall does this very well he's so right. tired that he, he comes in the room. He doesn't notice her. It's dark. Uh, he turns the light on, but only after he's turned away from the bed. He right. turns on a lamp on a dresser, and his back is to the bed. He pulls out a suit rack, and he takes his coat off, facing away from the bed again, and his eyes are half closed. Like We see the fact that he's so tired, he can't even look. Right. That's fully. what makes it work, right? He goes to sit on the bed and take off his shoes, but Lisa rolls over just as he sits down. <laughs> He then takes off his pants and his tie and his socks. And then we hear, starts to hear kind of like taps type music playing. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. Like it's the army and he's yeah, it's like ready time to go to sleep. Bunk, yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes to the bathroom. Because he also folds every. He's perfect. You know, the way he, it's like his army training, although he's Felix, but it's the way that soldiers are trained to like be especially orderly in their bedtime routine. So he goes to the bathroom. We hear him gargling, which wakes Lisa up briefly. Uh, he comes back to the room. Now he's in his pajamas. He's buttoning his shirt. His head is down. He's turned off the lights. 
The only thing that's a little fake is he walks over to the opposite side of the bed. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know why he would do that in real life. Uh, his eyes are very groggy and they're closed, or he's groggy, his eyes are closed. He sits down on the side of the bed where Lisa is not, gets in the bed, but then Lisa rolls over and puts her arms around Felix's chest and he starts to hug her kind of reflexively and then wakes up, gently squeezes her arm and stares at her and pushes her off of him. And that's where we're going to pick up. He's scene. also got the, the sleeping mask the on. The sleeping, yeah. Right. <laughs> that he has to take off to see what happens. It's not my birthday. Oscar? Oscar? Oh. Well, you don't know. Any other evening, I'd enjoy a little joke. You know me and my sense of humor, but tonight I'm very, very tired. What are you talking about? Would you be kind enough to explain to me who you rented my room to? Oh, oh. Her name is Lisa. Thank you. It's nice to know the people you're sleeping with. Wait a minute, Felix. That's not what you think. Never mind that. What? Who is this... Lisa? Yeah, well, she's a poor kid. She's got no job. She's got no place to go. If she hadn't met me tonight, she'd be... You met her tonight? Yeah. You gave my clean bed to a perfect stranger? Where am I supposed to sleep? On the sofa? No. It was my fault. I'll sleep on a sofa. You sleep here. Bite your tongue. Excuse me. I thought I heard a car. <laughs> You must be Felix. I'm Lisa. I know. <clears throat> it's my robe you're wearing. Looks very good over my pajamas. <clears throat> Don't you take anything for that? I take everything for it, including what I'm making now. Oh, I've got a remedy I bet you've never taken. You want a bet? Oh, my, what a well-stocked What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, now, you just relax. Kitchen? I'll have this whipped up in a minute. It'll cure your sinuses. I'm touched by your concern, my dear, but my condition is so extreme, I'm leaving my sinuses to science. Why don't you go back to bed? I'll sleep on the sofa. You can certainly sleep in your own bed. No, you started it, you finish it. <laughs> You're wonderful. You can make jokes in the face of adversity. New York has made me tough. This smells good. Oh, and it tastes even better. Now, you just let it come to a simmer, then drink it down as hot as you can stand it, okay? Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to freshen up before I leave. You're leaving in the middle of the night? No, no, come on, you'll stay. Only if you let me sleep on the couch. All right. Oh, I think that's ready. Really? Oscar says that you just got here. You don't have a job or anything. Now, just drink that down as fast as you can. It's good. Mm. That's very good. That really gets up in there, doesn't it? Mm. Opens them up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can feel them draining now. Yeah. How did you know about this? I'm a fellow sufferer. Say no more. So, two criticisms about that scene. The concoction she makes is by pouring two small amounts of liquid from two different bottles into what Felix is making. That's a concoction? Mm -hmm. Well, you take wait, someone's... she, does... Go ahead. Didn't... 
So she doesn't say what they are. No, it doesn't matter. She, she just says this and that, right? Yeah, she, Felix is making something. Well, I mean, if it was like Tabasco sauce, it would a small dollar, a small dose would be very powerful. Okay, is that a concoction or is that just adding something to add somebody <laughs> oh, else's see. mixture? I see. Okay, technically, maybe the word concoction is not merited. That's yeah. It's not like she created some <laughs> remedy. She just spiced it up. Yeah, if she had said, you know, if you add a little Tabasco to what you're making, it right, helps right. clean the sinuses. That that I would accept, but. Not a well, she, you know, she is trying. The fact that she may be trying to take credit, you know, for this is serves her purpose. And then her honking face <laughs> is really exaggerated and annoying. And her honk, I think, is dubbed in. Oh, you think so? I didn't I know. I think this, so. Yeah. It yeah. sounds very fake, and Maybe. I can't tell Maybe. if it's the character faking it to become possibly connected to Felix or the actress who just isn't good at it. See, I, I like that idea because, like, she, that makes her kind of Which like a zealot. The oh. idea that she's faking it, like, she's like a zealot who just, uh, and that's part of her con is that she uh, just sort of gloms on to the person she's with and takes on their interests and their habits, like sports with Oscar. Right. I like the zealot reference because she doesn't yeah. have any way to know these things or exist. Right. But she did pick up on Felix's honking. But she, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, she did. You're right. You're right. She did, and she does insult it at first. So I guess so. You're right. I, th I think her honk is kind of funny, though. It's kind of cute. Why? I mean, just the, the, the image of the two of them, the dueling honks, yeah. you know, or the duet of the honks. I think as I become cute. more critical of things, I find I just don't like her. I don't like the actress in this role. And mm. I, th I, I, as much as I remember, I, I, I don't know. I, when I was rewatching it for this, maybe because I'm too in critique mode for the to have podcast fodder i just found her or maybe i always thought that i think i found her expressions with her face too much and it bothers me but maybe it is part of the character's psyche and did you like her in the uh the great yeah I, that's, I somehow she doesn't bother me right. as much in that episode yeah she was a different kind of con artist yeah she had a more of a personality I and mean, the whole point of this character is that as we'll see more and more we don't know who she is right um it's some kind of a mystery but i like that um um by the way notice the reference to the betty crocker bake-off yes like, yeah sports like maybe you know kind of made me think of that uh, you're right one. maybe that was a little inside so we have a new scene Lisa straightening out the couch and bedding that she used to sleep on the couch. Oscar comes out in his pajamas and he's groggy and he says, Felix, that smells better than usual. Then he notices Lisa and said, I thought you were Felix. Lisa says, breakfast is almost ready. How did you sleep last night? Oscar says, I felt like I slept in the Holland Tunnel. I heard a lot of cars. Honk, honk. <laughs> Listen, I appreciate, I mean, you don't have to do that. Referring to breakfast, Lisa says, oh, please, it's the least I can do. Why don't you sit down? I'll be right out. And we hear humming, which sounds a lot like Jack Lemmon's honk from The Odd Couple. Yes, right. Uh, movie. And Lisa asks about that. And Oscar says it's Felix, tr Felix trying to clear his ears. He's doing kind of a muh, muh thing. And Oscar says once a moose showed up at the door. Felix comes out making an ear clearing face. Oscar tells him not to go to the kitchen. Felix asks did, if Oscar made a mess in his kitchen. He's told him 5,000 times. But Oscar says, but then he sells, he smells, Felix smells something very good. And Oscar says that that's Lisa fixing breakfast. Felix is a bit taken aback by that. But uh, he said, Oscar says she's doing it very well. 
Felix says, well, that's some recommendation for Mr. Ketchup on everything. It's like eating on a battlefield. Lisa comes in and serves two plates of food, which impresses Felix. Uh, Oscar says, how did you know my favorite? Scrambled eggs, mashed potatoes with gravy, which is similar to what he ordered the night before, yeah, to your point. Easy to guess, yeah. And then she gives Felix eggs Benedict. Felix says he loves eggs Benedict. Lisa says she forgot the juice and heads back to the kitchen. And But before she goes back to the kitchen, she pulls out a bottle of ketchup from her back pocket and hands it to Oscar. He pours the ketchup all over his food and offers it to Felix, who asks if there's any left. Felix says, she's some doll. Oscar says, now you're glad I brought her home, right? And Felix says, darn right. So Lisa brings out freshly squeezed orange juice. And Felix says, oh, how sweet and no pits. <laughs> which is a good consistent reference yeah. to season two. And Lisa says that she put an extra touch of champagne in it. Felix says, oh, bless you, my child. Then Lisa gives Oscar tomato juice and says she put beer in it. He puts the glass under his nose to smell it like you would smell a bouquet of wine and says, oh, bless you, my child. Lisa says, and now if you both excuse me, I'm going to make your beds. They stare at her with glasses raised, mouth agape, they clink glasses and toast to the most perfect girl we've ever met. Then Felix drinks the juice, but starts to shake his head and says, mm, pits. <laughs> now, He's I'm doing not... the pits bit again. So is that, so I, what I don't understand is, at first he says no pits. Somehow he knew that or thought that. I don't know how, because he hadn't tasted it yet. And we see Lisa doing everything right. But then at the end, yeah. there are pits. Yeah, yeah, so... I was surprised by that. Um, is that be, is that like foreshadowing? This seems to be way too uh, intellectual uh, well, to analyze. But is that foreshadowing that she's not as perfect as she they think she is? It could be. That would be nifty. But I I can't resist thinking it's Felix doesn't like pits in his juice and he's going to find them. But why did he say no pits? <laughs> he's always like they like the bit of him. He but likes. Why the did bit he say no him. pits? Then? Maybe they or Tony Randall likes the bit. No. of spitting pits out of the juice. But why did he say no well, pits? Um, when he got it, the juice. Switcheroo, yeah. Right. He Was that the first sip he took? No. He looked he at it. was just assuming no pits. I think, yeah. He, he was given the glass, and he says no pits as if he saw yeah, no pits. So I found that a little odd. Right. So now we have a new scene, and he we saw see... saw no pits. There's, that's the thing, right? Yeah. So that's not a good way to determine the pit. I guess content. so, but it just seems like... It seems odd for the show to have that dialogue be there and then have it not mean anything. You see what I mean? So we have a new scene, the cab that pull is clearly pulling up to Central Park West and not Park Avenue. Yeah, um, they have a new cab shot, right? And that leads us to uh, this next clip. Felix and well, you know, he told me he, he thinks you like him. Well, 
I do like him. Yeah, but I... I don't mean he thinks you like him. I mean he thinks you like him. Oh. Now, I don't know where you got that idea. I mean, you two don't seem to have that much in common, except you both don't like pits. <laughs> you and I have a lot in common, right? You love football. Yeah. Hey, there's a great game tonight. The Jets and the Rams. Is that a great game? Yeah. Have you ever wanted to see a game from the press box? Sure. Oh, you're gonna love it. You know, I don't have to cover the game. We could watch it like real people. That's great. I have to go to the office. Listen, it'd be kind of embarrassing, see, to walk out with you in front of Felix. So why don't you meet me at Shea Stadium, 8 o'clock at the press center? It's okay here. Here's 10 bucks for Catfield, okay? Buckle down, wind cycle. Buckle down. Eat your heart out, Felix. Buckle down. <laughs> sings lightweight hits. <laughs> that and Buckle Down Windsock. I didn't know you were interested in ballet. Oh, it's been a burning passion of my life. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's wonderful. Beautiful. I always wanted to be a ballet dancer. It's marvelous. Oh, that's very good. Really? Yeah. Oh, yes, I wanted to go to the Imperial School of Ballet, oh. but uh, my parents made me go to Millard P. Fillmore High School. This is very interesting. Did you know that Millard P. Fillmore knew less about ballet than any other American president, excepting, of course, Rutherford B. Hayes? Felix, it is amazing how any one man can know so much about American history and the ballet. It's not so amazing when that man happens to have an IQ of 186. 186? Did I let that slip out? Oh, I this is embarrassing. So boastful. No, no. Oh, oh, that is just... If I could do that... Mm. Well, you can. I'll really? give you a lesson. Really? Sure. No, uh, I... Take your shoes off. I don't know. I... Oh, come on, I don't, Felix. I don't know how much I can come do. On. I hurt my back in the war. <laughs> Scrubbing a mess hall. Now, thought, watch me first, all okay. right? Back. Back. Lisa. Yes, Felix? Would you do me the honor of accompanying me this evening? This evening? Yes. Oh, I have the most marvelous idea. There's an opening tonight at the Galerie Francaise. You'd oh. love it. Oh, you'd absolutely love it. Listen. <laughs> I had lunch with Oscar today, and he's such a wonderful, dear guy. I love him like a brother, but he, he's so gullible. <laughs> he's deluded himself that, that you have a crush on him. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And after all, all that we have in common, we both like ballet. We punk together. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to hurt Oscar. I wouldn't want him to see us going out together. It really would upset him. I tell you what, I'll give you $10. You take a cab, and you'll meet me tonight at 8 o'clock at the Galerie Francaise. Oh, we'll have the most marvelous time. <laughs> Just reading the spectacle to the world. What does that mean? That means Oscar Madison eats your heart out. <laughs> All right, I have a lot of facts about this scene, which I didn't a think. A lot of them would not be that Millard Fillmore. Well, f f there's no way to look up that someone knows the least about something. Right. How you would know that is impossible. I think, except, of course, for Rutherford B. Hayes. Um, right. I think, you know, there's a lot of moments I've caught on to where Felix makes, Felix gives these 
seemingly real, but from the writer's point, I don't think Felix is making them up, but the writers are enjoying making up crazy non-facts for him right. to cite. I think in the writer, in the, uh, in the, I forget what it's called, uh, the cabin episode where Oscar's the writer, has writer's block, and Felix makes up these fake writer's block stories. Um, but this one, this one is hilarious. I love it. So Gus Lesnovich was a lightweight boxing champion. <laughs> I don't know how the audience of either the in the in studio audience or the TV audience is expected to know that. I, I mean, well, what era did you look him up? What era he fought in? 1930s and 40s is when he was a boxing champion. So I, I, he seems obscure to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of I think we've seen before a lot of Oscar sports references come from that era and those kinds of jokes appeal to people of Tony Randall and Jack Lugman's age. Um, I do think that's a hilarious record, a hilarious name for a record just on its face. It is. Maybe that's why they chose that name. Yeah, it's a good name. It's a funny name. All right. So I did, I went a little too far down investigating what is buckle down when Saki, which is a song that Oscar sings. That's the song he's singing when he's leaving and the song yes. that Felix yes. references. So it's from a musical called and it Best. Comes up it comes up many times in the series. It does? See, I didn't even, I've not, I'd not noticed this until now. Well, this was the, uh, we've heard it before. This was the song that they were kind of parodying in the end oh, of the episode. Oh, right. We talked, you mentioned that. Yeah, and we had a, a reader, a listener friend point that out on yeah. Facebook. Um, and I did remember the title, which I always, misheard as buckle down wind south and didn't know what that meant either but now i see what it is and uh it comes up uh, it is referenced as oscar's favorite song in both this episode and future episodes so it's from a musical called best foot forward it was about a prep school named winsaki mm. and they came up with the name winsaki because uh when the broadway version was being prepared it was a movie and a broadway musical Broadway musical first in 1941, the school had been given the working name Tioga, but the co-producers, very famous, George Abbott, Richard mm -hmm. Rogers, mm -hmm. they knew that that name just didn't work. So George Abbott said, what we need is a name that has something to do with winning and has a lot of sock in it. <laughs> and Richard oh. Rogers says, that's it, Winsaki. <laughs> and that's where they came up with the song. So here I was thinking it was some town in wisconsin so and so the school's fight song in the play and the movie is buckle down Wasaki, which became a standalone pop hit leaf seal ball starred in the movie uh and so i, I guess it became kind of a known song in pop now pop. my association of it with oscars that it's also kind of a a, a fight song like yeah a, it's the school's uh, fight song it's yeah. the school's fight song right yeah, so right. i wonder if it also had a life like actually with cheerleaders oh, maybe on the field yeah. It's a sports-related uh, song. Yeah. So when we hear applause in that scene, it's because Tony Randall Felix has done this jumping ballet leap over the couch. Right. Uh, Felix says, so the thing he says in French is not Oscar Madison, eat your heart out. No, no. And I can tell you what it is. Oh, uh, I have what it is, but you go. Oh, well, no, go ahead. No, no. You, you seem to know organically. I just know by looking it well, up. Well, I so. did. I heard it right. I thought I heard the words and I looked up the words and I saw what the thing is. Okay. You say. He says, je suis le spectre de la rose, which means I am the specter of the rose. And specter of the rose is the name of a famous classical ballet. Now I have it as spirit of the rose. Oh, well, spirit. Right. Yeah. The word is 
can be translated as specter or spirit. It's in French, it's specter. So, and more about the ballet. So it's a short ballet about a young girl who dreams of dancing with the spirit of a souvenir rose from her first ball. And in the ballet, Nijitsky is. It became famous for this leap that Nijitsky does, ah. like the one Felix does right. through a window. See, that's something that Tony Randall definitely. I feel that's him all over it. Has his touch all over it. So now we have a new scene. Both Oscar and Felix are getting rate for getting ready for their dates with Lisa. By the way, at, can I just do the previous yes. scene? Little detail I love, which is odd, which is the whole this existence of an off-screen scene of Oscar and Felix having lunch together. Yes, yeah, that we never see. Right, and it's intriguing to think whether that was ever written as a scene for itself, but it kind of works. But, I mean, it's not necessary because what's necessary is they both have different versions of the same lunch. Um, but I love it. it's like one of the rare instances we've heard uh, we have an offstage scene between them. <laughs> uh, and now they're getting ready for their date. Well, Oscar, you're looking very nice. What happened? You run out of wrinkled things? <laughs> I got a date, buddy. Me too, my bucko. Got a date with an angel. Hey, I'm, I'm on, on my way, way to heaven. Where are you going? You look pretty sharp yourself. I'm going to an opening at the Galerie Francaise. Hey, didn't I eat there once? I wouldn't be surprised. It's an art gallery. <laughs> Where are you going? When the football game, Fabian is singing the Star Spangled Banner. You're joking! Oh, boy, what a fun date! <laughs> To each his own. To each his own. To each his own. To each his own. Well, have a good time. Answer the phone. Hello. Hello. Yes, Oscar. Yeah, Felix, we can the sun in the rain. Huh? Yeah. Can't promise what? You can? To each his own. Okay. Bye-bye. What's the matter? Who's that? Lisa. Lisa's got a sore throat. She'll be at the doctor's for a couple of hours. You're, you're dating Lisa? You're dating Lisa? Uh, uh, something very peculiar here. What's that girl doing? I don't know what she's doing, but she's not doing it with us. I don't understand it. There's nothing missing from my room. Nothing missing here either. How can you tell? Well, at least we know she's not a thief, so... So why am I so upset? Because she stood us up, that's no, why I'm upset. No, we've been stood up before. It's because we feel she's been using us the last couple of days. That sweet girl. Yeah, but we hardly know her. Do you realize we don't know her last name? Of course, it's Lisa. Lisa. Is that her purse? What are you going to do? Oh, look. Oh, don't. No, no, no. Just, Just don't, last name. don't let me see it. No, no. Don't upset anything so she no. won't. No, no. Don't very Lisa, careful. Yeah, like that. Right. Don't you no. feel trashy? There no. it is. Benson. That's her name. Lisa Benson. This one says Phyllis Franklin. This one says Phyllis Carp. This one says Estralitas Gonzalez. This one says she's Felix Unger. I lend her my library card. Oh. I didn't think you'd still be awake. Yeah, well, we're not tired, see? We didn't have a date tonight. Yes, we've spent the evening touring through your purse, Miss Benson Franklin Estralita Gonzalez Williams. Yeah, don't ever wear an ID bracelet. It'll break your wrist. I rarely carry my purse with me. There's never much in it. What happened to the $20 you got from us this evening? You spent it on this stuff? What, would you buy a book of new names? 
No, I bought each of you a present. Oscar, I bought you a football because yours has ketchup all over it. Felix, I bought you an album. Great moments from great ballets. Just because you broke our date, you didn't have to get me a present. Yeah, all you had to say was, no, I don't want to go out. That's it. No, I couldn't do that because, well, I like you both. And that's why I have to leave. What? Where are you going? Oh, I don't know. I'll find the place. Where? Staten Island Ferry this time? Lisa, who are you, really? The Lone Ranger. <laughs> what are we going to do, Kimosabi? No, 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 please. You're not late. Come You're on, not late. You like can't this. make friends and then just bloop leave. I'm afraid that's the way I am. That's you, bloop? Look, Felix, you're you. Oscar, you're you. Lisa, I'm me. And that's the way I am. I have no roots. I have no plans. I just, uh, I live from moment to moment. And this week, my moments were spent with Felix Unger and Oscar Madison. How, how can a young girl live like that, Lisa? By not getting too involved with anybody. Uh, you don't have any parents, no husband, no family? No. I just go out and meet new people. I enjoy meeting them, and uh, most of them seem to enjoy meeting me. Then I meet them by fanning on their shoulders? Most people just say hello. No, Oscar, that happens to be the way that I met you. Lisa, I think I understand what you're trying to say, but... Don't you want to be anything? Just happy. And I am. Oh. There are the keys, folks. Keep the keys, Lisa. No, I don't like attachments. Goodbye. Goodbye, Oscar. Goodbye, Miss Gonzalez. It was nice meeting both of you. There goes a rare spirit, a butterfly that paused for a moment on the flower of our lives and then a sprite who brought us an interlude of happiness and strangely changed everything. Please don't do that. She didn't change you. I really don't like that scene for a lot of reasons. I'll explain. I am so the opposite of her. I have everything planned out. I don't like meeting new people. I don't like finding what's going to happen later by accident. So her whole philosophy in life really bugs me. That's number one. (laughs) And therefore, everyone in every show must be exactly like you. They don't have to be like me. They just can't be like her and, 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 and espouse on it. The whole you're you, I'm me speech is like, it's just nothing. There's nothing there. You are disturbed there. by her philosophy. You are disturbed by her philosophy. I, um, so in that, what I'm saying here is I'm not disturbed by her philosophy. The, the, the way she says it, you're you, I'm me, is just not very interesting. Like uh, there should have been a more clever way to explain her philosophy. Just saying you're you, I'm me, like that's just very banal. 
Like and it's just not, a vagina. Not funny, right? This is dr- a dramatic scene. Yeah, it could be not- dramatic, but there should be something richer than you're you on yeah. me. Like anyone can say, a six year old mm-hmm. can say you're you on me. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that somebody wrote that. Simple. It's, it's just too, too simple. Uh, high hope, the way she says high hope, silver way, I find cliche and uh, dull and corny. Uh, the final scene is amusing, the way Oscar says she hasn't changed you, but. I don't know. I just find it drags on and I don't think the actress delivers it very well. And I get the point and it wouldn't bug me so much if it was written crisper and cleverer mm-hmm. and had a better performance. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I disagree a bit, but I'm going to save that maybe for when we wrap it up. Um, but I just want to say that I love the bit of going through the, the wallet with yes, the ID cards. I, I, I do too. <laughs> and this one says your Felix Hunger. It's hilarious. Little joke uh, to put in. So now we have the tag. Felix and Oscar at the same diner. And the same waitress comes and gives Oscar a BLT with mayonnaise on all four sides. <laughs> which I guess that means on the... What does that mean? Is it a club that it has an extra piece of bread in the middle maybe? or Oh. I thought a it four meant like on top also, of the it, sandwich. Like maybe, or that it's just cut in half and there are four pieces oh. of bread. I wonder if it meant on top of the bread too. Oh, well, that would be funny, right? Yeah. She gives Felix one diet special, but because they're out of Kanashi, she gave him French fries and he's <laughs> clearly dismayed at that. Oscar happily digs in, but Felix says, who would want to come to a place like this? Oscar says, it's quick, it's convenient. Felix says, it's filthy. Oscar says, you know, this is where I met Lisa. She was sitting in this chair at this table when she fainted on me. What a crazy way to meet people. Felix says, and you expect to recapture that magic? Oscar says, but wouldn't it be wonderful if I could? And at this time, a blonde woman sits down at the table that Oscar was sitting at when he met Lisa. And she has a newspaper. And then he asked to borrow her newspaper and he faints on her just like Lisa did. <laughs> and then we see Felix get up to get him off of her <laughs> as the show fades out. Yeah, I think which today would uh... <laughs> not work. He's not just be basically funny. groping her, but pretending to do so in his sleep. Yeah. So I find this episode mediocre. I give it two and a half out of five Murrays. I think that's generous. Well, um, I can understand why they would both fall for her, but I just find the performance of the actress here overdone. There's a, there's moments of it that it's sweet and, and I can see how she can charm them, but I just find a lot of what she does overacting and the dialogue surrounding her is slow and clunky. And the whole thing feels like it was some scramble at the last minute to get some episode together. Although based on the production design and the fact they had to hire her, I don't think that's true, but it just feels very rushed and very, well, there are two sets. I mean, they only had to build one extra set and, but there are extras. There's only one other speaking roles, the waitress, you know, it is kind of a low budget episode, I guess. But the fact, I don't know. I I just, it doesn't, it just feels so out of touch with all the other great episodes Mm -hmm. around it. It is. You will at least agree that um, it's not my birthday is one of the funny lines. It's a great line of yes of Odd Couple History. I'm just a great, yes, 
That's a great line. <laughs> I mean, just you know, the, it's hard to do it justice in the clip, but yeah. anyone, any people who remember, I remember as soon as he came home and that started, and I knew he was going to end up in bed with her. I remember that line. Yeah, it's such the whole five minutes. It feels like five minutes, like two minutes of build up, or maybe one minute, where Felix finally gets into bed and she ends up in his arms, and he's shocked. And before he leaves the room, he just says, "It's not my birthday." Yeah, it's funny. That's a great line. Um, okay, so I. I liked it more than you did, and uh, although I agree with you that it is very odd, <laughs> it's an unusual episode. Uh, but I ultimately would give it four Murrays because Ooh. whoa, um, because I just find it really—it's one of the really adult episodes. You know, we've done all these we had a lot of kid episodes lately, which are also adult and they're about parenthood, but. I mean, this is a menage a trois, a love triangle, you know, this is a, it's kind of flirting with the idea of a menage a trois. Uh, and it's something that it's always like, it's like, it seems like it's always hanging there as a possibility, but this is the only episode where you actually have a real love triangle where Felix and Oscar are both after the same girl. And, um, and so it, it was inevitable that there had to be an episode like this. And the fact her character is really odd, I agree, and could be off-putting or unintelligible uh, you know, to mon especially to, I don't know, to audiences of some eras. But what I see in her is like this really classic 70s character of like, not a hippie, but like someone who's kind of a not total nonconformist, who's dropped out of society, who is kind of like living off, has no money, is like living a life of poverty, dependent on the generosity of others. Maybe a Blanche Dubois, dependent on the kindness of strangers. Um, this free spirit, uh, she's got the, the class of the 70s uh, Vidal Sassoon haircut that I always associate, it was made popular by uh, Mia Farrow and Ro Rosemary's Baby, that kind of really short crop haircut, which is also kind of a feminist statement at the time. So, and the fact that she's no attachments right at the end, like she, her in, insistence on independence is a very new thing for women publicly to uh, publicly take a stand on at that time. So it's certainly fascinating just culturally and historically of that moment it's one of their most 70s episodes i think uh, so i found all that very interesting and i didn't find it tender or sweet but i just it was a different side to oscar and felix's friendship to see them in this rivalry together um and it was it's kind of risque right it's like you know <laughs> we see them both really uh moving on this girl in a, in a way that they don't in other episodes so I just find it really interesting. I, although I, I definitely understand it would, it would people, I'm sure even fans have wildly different opinions about it. Quick story about Mia Farrow's haircut. I oh. own a letter. I collect autograph letters um, where the producer of Peyton Place is the day after she got her haircut, admonishing her wow. for getting a haircut like that, which when destroys the image of the character she was playing on yeah. Peyton Place and talks right. about how she's putting other people's jobs at risk. Yeah, and, and uh, it's a fascinating letter. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, if you have feedback for us, um, please email us at ten forty nine pod at gmail dot com. And bloop, the podcast is over. Je suis le spectre de la rose. <laughs>